Praise God. You've probably noticed there's no clock, but it's all right when it turns dark. <laughs> you can go home. <laughs> Praise God. Um, tonight, for a few moments, I'd just like to talk about our reading. If you want to turn to it, we'll look at it again. And I've entitled the short word, A Journey Into Life. A Journey Into Life. And here we have divine providence. It's God's directive. God directing into a life-changing experience for this man with a need for his family when the need was met, for a son who was raised again to new life. It's a marvellous illustration of how God moves overall in different situations. This to me is one of the most exciting incidents in the life of Jesus Christ as he ministers. Uh, many, many he were healed and ministered too, but he has a whole different situation. It was at a distance. You know, it's marvellous, isn't it? There's no distance too far or any situation too great where the Lord cannot reach or touch. And so it is with us. So first of all then, the healing of the rulers. See the Father, verse 47, the first thing we see is this, he heard, he heard that Jesus had returned back into Galilee. Because of that, to his mind then, Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer to the need, the great need uh, the sad situation, the sorrowful situation that the family were in, that the son was about to die. An awful situation, but he realised that the power that Jesus had, the ministry that Jesus gave, uh, and the marvellous way that he taught, all had of significance. Here was the answer. His miraculous ministry spoke for itself. Then not only did he hear, but it says he went. We're here, but we've got to make a, a, an action. We've got to have a response. We hear what we need to know, but we've got to act upon it. It's the case with salvation and every situation afterwards in our spiritual experience. So you see, he went. Here is the action required. Let's look at the first thing. In this, there was urgency. Urgency, why? His son was at the point of death. Critical situation. It could happen at any time, any moment. So that was of the essence. There was urgency in everything that he set out and he set out knowing, going to Jesus, that he has the answer, is the answer for his son. And he didn't know how long if his son was even going to be alive. But not only was the urgency, there was expediency. Because you see, you can be urgent about something, but expediency takes on a different aspect. In other words, in simple terms that we can understand, it's this. Get to Jesus first and get to Jesus fast. That was it. That's urgency. First, the only one. Fast, because he has the answer. And so, today, it's the same in salvation. This is a gospel message to those who would hear the word of God 
Don't delay today is the day of salvation. Thank God we have a day of our conversion. We can thank God for that. But there was a day that we had to respond to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, there was also desperation. Add to his urgency, add to his expediency, add to his expectancy, if you like, desperation. Because here it tells us he fell down. He's a ruler in his own right. But where Jesus is concerned, it doesn't matter. He fell down. He begged him, the word says. He pleaded with him. He pleaded with the Saviour for the, to meet the need of his son. His son in a critical situation. Verse 49, he said, Before my son dies. Notice that. To him, his son could die any moment. He might have even been dead then, but it didn't matter. He was where the Lord was. And he was saying to the Lord, please, if you like, heal my son, deal with this situation. In other words, only you can. So we see this, Jesus, his response. It seems rather strange in what Jesus said. But it's very important to know why he said and really what it meant, verse 48, brings in a different equation to the situation. Because here's the man pleading on behalf of his son and here's the answer that Jesus gives. He says this, in other words, in terms we can understand, listen, what you need, it's more than signs. You have to believe. That's what Jesus is saying. It's more than the miraculous ministry. It's much more than all of this. You for yourself have to believe that I am the answer. And he is that you believe, you see. And why was this? Well, in other words, you see, it activates his faith. Because the man, it has to be drawn, in every situation where Jesus is, with the lady that touched the hem of his garment, she didn't go away unnoticed. He had to bring out the faith that was in her to do it. This was in every situation where Jesus was. It gives glory to him because of who he is. And so you see, he was saying to this man, have you the faith? In other words, you've got to believe, really believe in your heart that I can do it. The interesting thing, he just didn't say, yeah, Lord, I believe that you can. Notice this. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a progression. You see him getting saved later, but at it, it, this very moment, you see, there is one concern, the only concern, the greatest concern, the only thing that mattered to him that his son was at the point of death. That was all that mattered. And there he was, pleading before the Lord. And here is the Lord's answer for him to consider why. Activates his faith. And today we come to Jesus and truly believe. And the next thing we see then, there was determination with reverence. Because he persevered. He persevered. He wasn't going to be put off. He was not to be denied. 
And sometimes we've got to do this. We've got to be like this. The Lord will and has and will give the answer to what we need. The question is, sometimes we've got to persevere and see it through. Because things don't happen immediate, immediately. The Lord has a purpose for why things are going to happen and do happen. Because it's his purpose. We've got to find it. So sometimes we've got to get in and trust with, in God and his word and go with it. Go with what God's saying. Now to add to all of these, as I said, there was a determination, but notice, with reverence. Because he said so. Although he, in his own right, was a ruler. Although he was in a position of responsibility. Although he had accountability in every other area. Here was the Son of God, so he said. You see, he acknowledges the greatest of all. And so we, all of the time, put Jesus first in the place predominantly that's his by right. We're, all, we're saved because of salvation. And that's what we've got to realise. What mattered most to him was his son. Jesus knew this and Jesus had the answer. And Jesus was the answer. So you see, again, as a gospel message, we're not to delay with the come to Jesus. We're not to put off. It needs to be made real in verse 49. You see, what the man was saying was this. You, you are the answer. Jesus always is the answer. He has the answer. Whatever we need or require, whatever situation arises, he has the answer. He is the answer. We've got to wait and we've got to make sure that we're in that place to receive it. Jesus only then, as we know, is the answer for the world today. Now we see in verse 50, this is what Jesus says after he talked about his faith to believe. He said, go your way. In other words... Go home. He didn't say anything before that. He just took him and said, go home. That's the first thing, was go your way. See, more than natural in the way, there's a spiritual connotation here to consider. Today, Jesus still says go. Gives us a commission to go for him and be what he needs us to be. Meaning decision, for he said, John 14, 6, well known, well loved, verse, I am the way, the truth, and the life. By way of illustration, the boy under the balcony, right? What do I mean by that? Well, listen, there was a day, a snowy day, one Sunday morning, uh, in the last, well, no, it's the 21st. It would be the century before last. <laughs> I forget we're moving into the next century. It's age, you see. No. And uh, what happened was, this boy set out on a Sunday morning in terrible conditions. Weather was snowed everywhere. It was deep, whatever. And he had a desire to go to a church, a certain church, which he had in mind. And as he was going along, battling against all this weather, he suddenly found himself turned into an, an alleyway. Not the way he was going to go, but the way he was led. 
And he went down and at the very bottom was a church and it was shut. But he just felt he needed to be there and suddenly someone turned up and opened up and he went in. And he sat under the balcony and he stayed there, you see. But because of the weather, the preacher who was going to come didn't. There was nobody there to minister. And there was very few people who had turned up in the congregation. So one of the leaders of the church said in a conversation, well, we've got to do something. We can't just sit here and do nothing. So he wasn't well... Um, experienced in ministry as far as the word concerned but he felt that he needed to say something for God to those who would come in that terrible conditions but you know what the God people don't even come to God's house when the weather's fine do you know it's something to consider for us we've got to be in God's house right if, if the conditions are rough you know if you can battle through that you can be here when it's fine. Sorry, that's a digression. So to get back to, um, it's just something with me, I feel that. But to get back to this boy, you see, under the balcony. And this man stood up and he started to speak. Followed that a bit, said differently. And suddenly he pointed to the boy under the balcony. He said, you, young man, need to be saved. That's all he said. Right. The boy got up and went out. Nobody's really heard of the man that stood and said, you must be saved. But everybody or most have heard of the boy under the balcony who was just a teenager. Because he became, in fact, the greatest or one of the greatest preachers of his generation, or any generation. And that's Charles Haddon Spurgeon. And that's how he was converted. And that's divine providence. For he set out to go where he wanted to be, but God had a greater plan for him. Look at all the people that have been blessed through that man's ministry. Look at all those who have benefited because he set out and God moved in his life to draw him there. And you see, that's the moving of God. Here's a man that set out for his son. Jesus said, go, your son is well. So he went there with the promise that God had given him. He went his way. Notice the outcome. It wasn't conclusive, you know, because he didn't know if his son was alive or not. He just took the word of Jesus and went back, as Jesus commanded him to do so. But you see, that's what faith is. That's what faith does. It begins when it's activated. It's then worked through and worked out. And that's how salvation results. We hear the word of God and we respond to it. And faith grows. Saving faith brings us into salvation. But the faith that brings sanctification in our spiritual living takes us on. It's all of faith in him. It's all of trust in Jesus. And you know what lovely words from the Saviour. Your son lives. That's what he said. That was really what he wanted. You know, that was the answer. And he set out. I guess he did set out differently. Because you see, that's what conversion is. I, can, I wasn't going to use this illustration. But he has a, a great friend of mine. Uh, a lovely brother. Um, 
he um, at work he, he saw a sign by the Christian Fellowship uh, about a meeting that we were going to have and he couldn't read, he was illiterate he was said and um, one of the uh, one of the members of the uh, uh, of the group underlined in red, you know what it was, and that grabbed his attention. And he saw the red line. Two thousand people worked in that factory. There was only a handful of believers. You could count them on one hand. So he turned to the person next to him, who was one of them, and said, "What does that mean? Could have been." Anybody of 2,000, see? So Ernie said, well, we're having a meeting tonight. Come along. Now, Sid was an ungodly man. He was a criminal, in a sense. A real worldly man. And he set out from home, and he's walking along to work, back to work, at a night time, halfway along, and he's thinking, this is stupid. I'm going back to work when I finished. And a voice spoke, it's the only time I've ever heard, said to him, go on, don't go back, go on. He went on, he came into the meeting where it started. He was sitting talking, he stopped it. He said, I've got to tell you this. He says, I was on my way here and now I feel I know the Lord. He was actually saved on the road on the way because he heard the voice of God. You see, that's that's God moving in a marvellous way. And Sid, when he got saved, did something that shocked a lot of people. And in fact, he got away with it, to be honest, because I feel God was leading him. He went back to the people that he stole from and he took things and he gave them back and he says, I'll make it up to you. And he confessed and he went and he did all of that. Because the Lord had said, you know, a changed life. And God changed his life, changed his family. They were saved, all saved except one. There were six, six of them. And uh, there was only one. But, you know, praise God. That, that's, the, that's, a, that, that's exciting to me. That, that's how God moves in situations. That's divine providence in every way. So to get back then uh, to what we're talking about, the journey home. He was realising and trusting Jesus' words. Now, lastly of all, we've looked at the Father and his urgency, his expediency, his desperation and his determination and reverence before God. We've looked at Jesus and his response. The last one then for the Father, there was a complete deliverance and so there ever will be. When you trust in the Lord, it's complete. There is no half measures, absolutely none. No, no subtractions, it's all additions. In Christ, everything is added. If we want what he wants for us, he'll add to us if we trust him. On the way in him, that's the way to go. And the key is verses 51 to verse 53 which I'll read. <clears throat> and as he was going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Your son lives. Then he inquired of them the hour when he got better. <laughs> and they said to him, Yesterday 
At the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus said to him, Your son lives. And he himself believed and his whole household. Isn't that exciting? Isn't that marvellous? His servants couldn't contain it. They couldn't wait themselves. They had to go out and meet him on the way with the best news possible that his son now lives. That saved the whole family. Physical healing then brought spiritual believing. So there's a question arises for consideration. Where are we in our journey through life? Can we say, and being in the way, the Lord led me. 